Hi, I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Staying by is Danielle Henderson. She's a TV writer of Maniac, Divorce, Dare Me, and so much more. She's a retired free freelance writer and a former editor for Rookie. Her new book, The Ugly Cry, is out now, published by Viking, and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I, I want to ask you, were you uh, always a writer? Did you keep journals when you were little? I did. My, my great aunt encouraged me to keep, keep journals. Um, she could tell that I was a very emotional child. <laughs> well, it's so healthy. I mean, it's, it's amazing what you have um, managed to write down. And I thought, oh, I wonder if she kept journals. Yeah, I definitely did. And not always successfully or, or, or you know, consistently, <laughs> but I definitely have, um, they, they came in handy in my teenage life quite a bit. Where do you think your sense of humor comes from? You know, I think it, it, it comes from my grandmother, I've got, got to say. Um, mm -hmm. I think she, she always laughed through a lot of the painful things that we were going through and she tended to laugh first. Um, mm -hmm. So it just helped me to realize that there are quite a lot of things in this world that were that were funny. <laughs> that, I love it. You know, I love it. Uh, so without giving too much away, if you could tell the listeners about your book, The Ugly Cry. Yeah, it's about my life up to age 18. Uh, when, And the, the reason I, I did that is because I, I you know, I want to write more. I wanted to encapsulate the story a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's basically about how I grew up with a single mother, my brother and I. I uh, grew up with my single mother in the 70s and early 80s. And then she met someone and um, he was an incredibly abusive drug addict. Mm. Uh, and there was a turning point where she had a choice and her choice was to leave us with my grandparents for a weekend and not come back. Uh, so I never lived with my mom again after that. And, um, you know, when and living with my grandparents was just dealing with the wake of the, the, the feelings about what had happened to me while I was living in that household. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this because um, I think what resonated with me is I had, um, I grew up with a single mother and it was very tumultuous. And there was something I was reading where I felt like, you know, you could see how people admired her and she was so beautiful, but you didn't feel like you resonated with her and you craved her attention. Yeah, I definitely, my, mo my mom is a physically beautiful person and always has been. And, um, you know, kind of seeing the world react to her in that way instantly made me feel less than because she responded to it so, so vividly. And I didn't feel like I was, you know, beautiful enough to kind of be on her level. And also, also I was a child, mm -hmm. um, but I really, it just pained me so much because I felt like there was something lacking in our relationship from the beginning is truly what, what, it, what that was all about. Um, and I just felt that need for her. So to see her give her attention to other people, yeah. or to see other people kind of give her attention just always made me feel like I was missing out on something. Yes. And what could you do to get her attention? That not, kind of feeling. Yeah. And, and the, the answer is not much because not most much. of the things that you would do as a kid to try to get you know, your mom's attention were, was annoying to them. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah. I'm I remember trying to talk in a baby voice. And my mother saying, cut that out. You're not a baby. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what's underneath that is just like, please pay attention to me. <laughs> please pay attention to me. Exactly. Yeah. And with parents, I think it's even more, more heavy because it's, you know, they, they're very tired and rightfully so. And like, you know, they, you're trying to get their attention at a point where they're trying a lot of the times to get some time to themselves. So it's really a, a very fraught relationship. Yes. Yes. Um, was it hard to write about your life up to age 18 with such detail? Not, not as much as you might think. Um, a lot of these stories are things I've been telling my family and friends for years. Um, so it wasn't, you know, my memories are very vivid uh, for certain parts of my life. And I, I, di I just sat down and kind of was like a reporter almost, you know, I just mm -hmm. kind of, that's my, my first, my first approach to writing it was just to report it um, and then to go through the editing process. So um, it wasn't difficult to, to kind of sit down once I decided to do it and once I figured it out, but it was a difficult book to write. It took me a lot longer than I thought it would. And I had a lot of emotions that came up unexpectedly, you know, so for example, the, you know, writing about my abuse, I wasn't as difficult as you might've thought. Cause I just, mm -hmm. again, kind of here are the facts of what happened. Yeah. But then writing about those moments where like, you know, I was watching my mom get ready in the bathroom um, and how that, that hit me so hard because it was such, you know, finding moments of grace with her in this book, I wasn't expecting to do that. So mm -hmm. um, there were things that kind of waylaid me a little bit emotionally, yeah. but it was difficult. You know, I think that my, my process as a writer is to really think about what I'm going to write before I sit down to the, to the, to, you know, type it out. Um, so it was the thinking about it that sometimes caught me off guard. Yes. See, I'm the opposite. I dump it out on paper and then I'll edit it and, you know, throw stuff away because it might be too personal. That's, I mean, that's smart. It's a smart way to do it. I wish I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> you filter right away. Exactly. Yeah. I have to, you know, kind of sit with my feelings for a while before when it comes to writing personal things. Um, but it's true of my TV writing life too. Like, you know, I kind of like to sit with the characters and think about who they are and what they would say. And then I kind of go into script, so. Well, the way you write, Danielle, is so visual. I mean, I could just picture those, the monkey in the barrel toy <laughs> and, the, and the cereal, the Captain Crunch and the just um, life. You just, you, every detail, it just unfolded so beautifully. Thank you, thank you. What um, what would you like people to know about this book without giving too much away? I'd like them to know that it's also funny. I think that a lot of, um, you know, the heft of what happened to me and the abuse that I went through is, of course, you know, the part of the prevalent, prevalent part of the conversation when people are talking about the book, but it's also very funny. <laughs> and I think that it was important for me to strike that balance. Yes. Uh, I kind of want people to respond to both and not compartmentalize it as one book or the other. I think it's important to think about it as an entire, an, a synthesized product. <laughs> product. Yes, yes. Plus, I, I really believe, Danielle, that having a sense of humor when you've been through a tough childhood really helps you. I mean, I, I feel like you, maybe even as a child, you saw the funny in things that were heavy moments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, there, and it, it's, it works to my benefit and also to a disadvantage at some point, you know, there were, as an adult, as I started getting into therapy and going through, you know, some of what happened to me, I realized that humor was sometimes what I used to deflect my deeper sure. 
So, oh, definitely. Uh, so it definitely took some some time to work out that balance. But there's no question about it that my my grandmother watching, you know, the Halloween movie while I'm freaking out on the, <laughs> the couch. Hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> Do you still not like to watch scary movies? Are you okay with it? I can't stand them. And really? I truly, I don't like the gore movies. Yeah. I do enjoy a psychological thriller, but I'm not here for the blood and the guts and everything that, that grandma likes, so. Yeah, oh my gosh, hysterical. Um, and then as far as people that are listening to this and they're writers and they are struggling in the pandemic with you know trying to get their projects going, any advice? Yeah, you know, it's, it's the overarching advice is basically you've got to do it in your own time and in your own way. So don't pay attention to the way that other people are writing or putting out their work or force yourself to try to be more productive than you feel right now. Um, this book took me five years to write. I thought it would take me one year and it didn't. Wow. So work at your own pace. The story will come as it needs to. I know that is the most frustrating piece of advice, but it's true. Yeah. And so, you know, if there's something that really helps me out when I feel blocked or when I feel like I can't move forward on a project is to work on something else. So, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Like I feel really, I feel like if I have enough creative outlets that I never feel completely stuck. So if writing right now, isn't working out for you, go knit something or, yes. you know, journal or write something in a different way or challenge yourself to do a short story instead of writing a whole chapter. Or, you know, there are lots of different creative outlets that could be more useful than sitting down and feeling bad about what you're not able to do. And I feel like this, that really resonates with me, by the way, I feel like when you go off and let's say you, for me, it's writing a short screenplay, you can come back to that book idea with stronger ideas, with something resolved. 100%. And you can come back to it with different, you know, a different emotional palette and you can come back to it with, you know, a different way into the story. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. Where can people find out more about you and the book? Uh, you can go to my website, daniellehenderson.net. Uh, the .com is, is a, a, a fencer, someone who's a fencer um, or an athlete. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not the athlete. So if you find yourself at .com, go to .net. And um, my Instagram, I post constantly um, about, about my life there. So it's just my name, Danielle Henderson. And by the way, your first first book, Feminist Ryan Gosling, how did that come about? That was a part of my homework for graduate school. So I went okay. back to college when I was 30. Okay. Um, spoiler alert for the end of this book. I did go to college for a year, didn't take. Uh, <laughs> so I went back when I was 30 and then immediately did grad school. And um, my major was gender, uh, gender studies. I saw that. Uh, yeah, I found that the homework very difficult because it was very theory based and yeah. I'm not a very theoretically based thinker. Uh, so I made some some flashcards for myself as a way to, again, find humor in the situation of what I was dealing with. And that's, that's what came out. I love it. You mentioned um, that you also on your website, danielhenderson.net, the past 20 years, you've parked your full wildlife in Alaska, California, New York's. New York City, Boston, England, Rhode Island, and Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I moved a lot to try to figure out where I fit the best and to try to have the most experience I could. Um, so I lived in Alaska for four years. I was a glassblower in Rhode Island. Like I just tried a lot of different things. So there's, there's more books to come for sure. So cool. And I'm so glad you survived the bear chase. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>
<laughs> Danielle, I have loved this. Um, I know you're in New York, correct? I am. I moved back to my hometown last week. Oh, that's wonderful. New York City or, or Warwick? Warwick, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fantastic. I my grandma's going to be moving in. So. Oh, full circle. Full circle. <laughs> well, someday I hope to meet you in person. I do as well. This has been so lovely. And congratulations. Thank you so much, Janine. I appreciate it.